I see those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a trucking down the road. Those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a looking for another load. Well, it's a family tradition, any Rocky Mountain day. Our fathers before us showed us the way. We work for asphalt cowboys and concrete kings. But that's never been a problem Cause we got diesel in our veins We've got diesel in our veins I see those big bright shiny red trucks Just a trucking down the road What's up JFW family? Welcome back to the Channel 23 podcast The purpose of this podcast is to reach out and touch your fleet to engage and inform everyone with all things JFW. Kind of light in the studio. We got Brother Dave and Super Dave here today. Jim is not present. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Good morning. We got some weight on our shoulders this morning. Oh, Man, yeah. got to carry a heavy load today. Do huh? it up. We went from a super full house last week to... Right? Meh. <laughs> <laughs> We're hauling heavy today. <laughs> it's going to be an amazing podcast. It I is. I feel it. I just loaded 95,000, and I'm going down I-25. <laughs> Heck yeah. Permit should be good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Let's get it rolling. I pledge allegiance to, to the, the flag, flag of, of the United States, States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to go out and do some trucking today. We pray for the safety of our fleet, all of their families, and all the other families and individuals we come across on the road today. We pray for patience and the making of good, safe decisions. We pray to be accident-free and that we all make it back to the comfort of our homes this evening. We pray for healing and 100% recovery for all of our family members that are ill. And no matter what, we trust you, God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As Amen. a reminder... Anything you hear on today's podcast is not the opinion of JFWs. It is just our expressed opinions. There you go. And we have very strong opinions. <laughs> Some days. Sometimes, <laughs> right? Yep. I think on that Pledge of Allegiance, we need to like take a moment and say, okay, everyone follow along. Like so they can say it in the when they're listening, you know what we'll I mean? We'll try that next week. Yeah. yeah, you started so quick, I missed the first word and then I, I it made me think about last week's song. <laughs> every, oh right. Every verse I chimed in one word late. <laughs> <laughs> but you definitely chimed in. We all heard it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you and I aren't gonna need a studio <laughs> name. Oh no. No. Uh, that's so funny. You should hear me in the shower. <laughs> I'm sure you sound just fine. <laughs> I bet you sound great. Just like Dave. when I have a CB mic in my I head. I bet you sound great. Old Crane Dave. Murphy, he, he was the best CB <laughs> singer in the world. Uh, episode 114 had 535 downloads. We are at 62,000 total downloads, and we gained five followers this week. We're at 532 followers. Nice. Sweet. Uh, after last week's episode, Joe Newhouse sent us a thank you letter. This guy is a class act. Like, not only did we get a thank you letter, it was handwritten. Not only was it handwritten, I mean, it was nice. It was like script. It was almost, almost like, like he has one of those old style pens. Like that calligraphy, you, almost yes. with a ballpoint pen, yes. but like fancy. And he's probably really good at it where it didn't take a whole bunch of time. But you could tell. It's just the extra effort. 
You know, I could barely write my name. I run out of patience. <laughs> right. Right. You know, so pull to pull that off, you know, you gotta you gotta put a little effort into it. Absolutely. There. I really appreciated that. He's quite a guy. It was it was special having him in the in the studio. Let me put it to you this way: When I get a birthday card, I read it and I throw it in the garbage. <laughs> I, I've I've saved this card because it's <laughs> it's so nice. <laughs> but you throw your wife's birthday card in the garbage, huh? <laughs> Any card I get, I mean, honestly, like, what do you do with them when you're done? You're gonna save you're gonna save them for fifty years. You gonna get? I know. I know what you probably do. You know where mine are at, Jam. I hate to say it. Anybody who knows me knows where mine are at. Uh, Thanks. That was beautiful. Yep. <laughs> Speaking of my wife, she's been getting mad at me a lot lately for referring to her as my ex girlfriend. But it's so factual. She's my ex girlfriend. Right. You're 100 yeah. percent right. <laughs> it's actual and factual. <laughs> and the dad joke challenge is on. Oh man. <laughs> I just saw that, Jim. I just read it to Super Dave. Oh, no way. Yeah, like oh, this morning in the office. You made the face like I should. I'm like, wow, Dave thinks I should have censored that? That's funny. I, it just, I have like a bajillion things going on and I just, you know, busy. So I'm like, I got to get a dad joke, you know, as, as usual. I'm running late with it and <clears throat> I sit down and I'm scrolling through stuff and I actually got to that, and I had to read it like three times. I'm like, what? I don't know. What? what? And then, you know, just because my mind wasn't on it, I was just going through the motions. So, Well, was that yours? No. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Because I got one more. Whip it. Why do mushrooms get invited to all the parties? I read that one, too. Dang it. Well, go ahead. Are, so are you on the Facebook Dad jokes. Yep. Dad jokes. <laughs> Dang, I should have known Mr. Facebook. No, I'm not going to ruin it for you. Go ahead. Dave? Oh, I don't know. Because they're all fun guys. Fungus. Because <laughs> they're all fungus. Fun yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a rough dad joke challenge. I uh, feel it. Well, I decided to do some cold weather jokes because we just went through a pretty cold snap. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So here's some wintertime jokes for everybody. I've got a few of them. I'll just go ahead and run down the, the line. What is a weatherman's favorite winter food? Wintertime food. Don't know. Burritos. Ooh, good delivery. <laughs> yeah. And what can you catch in the winter, even with your eyes closed? A cold. A cold, yes. So why did Princess Elsa fall off her sled? Why? Hmm. Because she let it go. <laughs> oh, man. I'll that was, tell, man. That's Bella would like Bella, that. Yeah. Right? Yep, that's right. a good one. And then uh, the last one here. Why did the husband pour warm water on his computer? We hmm. need to stop sharing jokes. <laughs> <laughs> he asked his wife what to do if the windows froze. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> that's good. So, bada-boom. Bada-boom. All right, since it's been so cold out, you guys know the, the warmest place in the house, don't you? In front no. of the heater vent. <laughs> the corner, it's always 90 degrees. Ah. Uh. <laughs> oh. All right, I'll shift gears a little bit. Five ants rented an apartment with five other ants. What are they now? Tenants. Tenants. <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was looking for another one, Jam, because there there was another one that had kind of a twist on the fungi, and I'm not seeing it, and I can't remember it. I looked at too many, so. How long have you belonged to that Facebook group? Uh, like a couple days. Uh, <laughs> man, that was like, 
I stopped having to look for them because it's like you just get on that and then there's there's one you could tell. Yeah. Sure. But now that you're on it, I'll find a different source. <laughs> <laughs> well, next week I'll pray for a git. I did love this one. Elon Musk is five years younger than I am. He's a billionaire revolutionizing the human experience. Me, I just spent three minutes with my flashlight on looking for my phone. <laughs> <laughs> and the flashlight's on your phone? Uh-huh. <laughs> gotcha. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Are you done? I think so. Okay. Well, I, 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 I don't know if everybody will get this. I know Dave will get this just because hmm. he's a Top Gun fan, but... I just got kicked out of a karaoke bar this weekend for singing Danger Zone five times. Apparently, I exceeded the maximum number of logins attempts. Of what? Logins attempts. Logins attempts? Kenny Loggins. Oh, Loggins, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Kenny Loggins. Yep, definitely um, don't get that one. Yep. <laughs> That's funny. No new employees this week. What's going on, Super Dave? Not hiring anybody? Well, we're pretty slow, Jam, and we're plus 10. <laughs> nice. Pretty slow because of the wintry conditions we've just... Blustery. Yeah, yeah. coming out of the and, new and year. coming out of the holidays, yep. Yep. Man, didn't it feel good yesterday afternoon, though? Oh, it was balmy. Oh, I'm telling you, it just, yeah. it felt good. It, 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 I almost thought it smelled good out. It smelled different. It's like my house is happier that it's not like, <laughs> right? working so hard. Right, you know? it is. It's a sigh of relief for everything. I know this yeah. morning I woke up and I looked at my temperature gauge. And I'm like, I showed 33 degrees at the oh, house. Man. I'm like, man, it's not even below freezing, yeah. even though it is now. I mean, it got colder, but it was 42 when I left the house this morning. Yeah, in Lafayette, we had yeah. some Chinooks going, uh, and it, it was, was warm. And then I got here, it was 25. Yep, yep. Chinooks. Yeah, you know what they are. I know the helicopters. Warm winds. Ah. Yep, it's an Indian word that um, named the snow eater winds. It's a name for snow eater. Ah. And so typically after we have a cold snap, uh, the low pressure moves out and a high pressure moves in behind it, which creates those winds and they come down the, the foothills at a pretty high rate of speed. And uh, they're actually warm winds because mm. of the air coming in behind the cold front. I'm sure that's weather. demeaning in some way, and we'll have to change that. But it's the... uh, Chinook means snow eater. Huh, I wonder if we could uh, play on words for the, for the snow crew with that. Like, come up with some kind of cool phrase for the snow crew. Chinook crew. The Chinook crew. <laughs> 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 wow. Maybe this, not. This is starting a rough podcast. <laughs> I'm going to have to. Those are. Uh, don't you go. Isn't that fishing too? Aren't There's there? Chinook salmon. Yeah, that's what I'm mm-hmm. thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. And they are helicopters, right? The right. Chinook? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. The sh- are the Chinooks the one with the two? Two blades? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. They got to be timed perfectly so they don't hit each other. No, I'm pretty sure they overlap um, into Yeah, them. you're right. Yeah, no, you're right. I think one's higher than the other. Really? We'll have to look at that. Cheeseburger? Uh, I think that is true, but they have to be timed pretty perfectly, too. Just like mm. on the old um, World War II airplanes, the machine guns had to be timed with the propellers. Right. That makes sense. That makes total sense. Yep. Don't want to shoot yourself out of the sky. Right. All right. Celebrations, anniversaries. Dale Boyce, he's going to hit three years on Friday the 19th. And Seabass is going to hit four years this Saturday the 20th. Nice. Congratulations, guys. Yeah. Happy anniversary, guys. Yep. 
Birthdays, this is crazy. We got Eric Burnham, Gerardo Sanchez, Jose Flores, and Edgar Rodriguez all have birthdays this Saturday the 20th. Wow, all on the 20th. <laughs> all on the 20th. A couple of those guys were the same year as well. Hmm. So. so they are the same age. Yep. Cool. And then uh, family birthday celebrations, we got Alessandra Montez. She turned six years old this week. Happy anniversary, Alessandra. What a great age. Yep. Six, six, man. That's just <clears throat> like... That's just a great age. You know what I mean? They're so fun. They're like right. potty trained. You can take them <laughs> right. everywhere. You know what I mean? They're just to have conversations with them. It's just, I don't know. Yeah. Those are those are good times, man. Yeah, they're, they're transitioning out of the little pipsqueak yep. to the human. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They don't really have a lot of opinions yet either. Right. <laughs> right. But they do when they're nine. <laughs> There's a big difference yep. between six and nine, yep. let me tell you. <laughs> Shout outs. I uh, want to give a shout out to the safety directors for mobilizing and getting a Coors grain spill cleaned up last Friday. So I wasn't here that day, but uh, yeah, I saw the text messages and just seemed like those guys were on it. It was fast. Nice. It happened fast. Do you know how many tons were on the ground? Couple, couple maybe, two, three. Maybe. It was spread out. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't think it was that much because they put it in a pickup. Yeah. Oh. I so. think the hardest part was it was going across McCaslin right. or uh, McIntyre. Yeah, rather. yeah, I it's think pretty, it was pretty cold day too, though, right? Was it cold out that day, Friday? It was. I, honestly, Jen, it was funny because um, you put in here Friday. I didn't think it was last Friday, but you said you were off. So I, off I mean, day, you yeah. would. For some reason, it seems like it was before that. But I, man, with the snow removal and yeah. the days like blend, it's crazy. Yeah, I was just trying to think of why I was even off. But yeah, I was off. I was visiting my okay. niece. Okay, so. right. Yep. Yeah, it wasn't cold yet. So it the, was still... Oh, true. It was just yes. in the 30s. Well, yeah. it was windy. It was blowing yeah. in. Because yeah. I know those guys said it was miserable in the wind. But It was cold in Breckenridge. Let me tell you <laughs> that. <laughs> kind of started us off on uh, a camming... Uh, you campaign know, project, camping. yeah, camping, camping campaign, yeah. And found out that a lot of trailers are camming over. Yeah, yeah. Know? Speaking of that, Oz wants to give a shout out to the Coors drivers who put in the extra work to make sure tailgate latches were cammed over, including scraping grain and ice off the the back of the trailers. Yeah, off the so, seals and all that. Yep, yep. And BD, this leads into your shout out. I mean, it's the same thing because of the tailgate latches being cammed over. We didn't have any spills, and boy, inevitably, when we have a three-day cold snap like that, somebody's gate generally pops open while we're loading. Sure does. You know, and I know JR did a great job. He sent out a video that he'd made last year, yep. you know, that explains that, and it's sometimes it's hard because you ask somebody, hey, do you know what that means? And they're like, yeah, and they go back, and I'm like, show me, and they look at the just the, the latch. Dog the dog over right. the latch of the gate you right. know and i'm like nope has nothing to do with that but it's cammed over <laughs> right <laughs> nope has nothing to do with that that's the reason that video jr sent out was so impactful mm -hmm. yep. because it shows that little piece up against the the bottom of the trailer and i'm always one of those guys when i ask i'm like i'm not sure i understand show me what what is that you know mm -hmm. show me what you're talking about right? right i just love to go grab somebody and go hey can you show me how that works and jesse Beza, i mean kudos to you man because he worked all weekend through that cold, and he immediately knew. He took me right out and, and showed me how that arm needs to be touching the aluminum plate on the bottom side of the trailer, and yep. I just love that. You know what I mean? What, when people are engaged and know what to do and they do it, that's yep. the next tip, 
right? They've listened, they've understood, and they know what to do. And it's simple. It it truly is. Making sure those are cammed over is really simple. So. Yeah, what's also nice is we got a couple calls to dispatch like, hey, this trailer won't cam over. Right. You know, we need to either fix it or I need to come in and take something else. Or, right. You know, we want, well, we, not including me, but the tailgates were washed off. But we avoided, We avo- I mean, having a cord spill, you know, having a tailgate pop under the can, I mean, it, it just sucks. It does. Totally There's nothing sucks. good about it. Yeah. It's like. You know, even mobilizing. I mean, you do get a good feel of accomplishment and teamwork because everyone's got to bust their ass to fix right. it and do right. it quickly. Do but, it quickly. That's the yeah. thing, Jim. You know, everybody just got to mobilize up there in under an hour mm-hmm. and be on it. Yeah, and have the it can is still and, filling up. Yeah, yep. yep. That can don't wait for nobody. Nope, not so. at all. Uh, speaking of Jesse Baeza, Veronica shot me a text. Good morning, Jim. I want to give a shout out to Jesse Baeza. He used my truck this weekend and, of course, kept it amazingly clean. So, nice job, Jesse. That's awesome. Yep. Linda wants to give a shout-out to the guys who came in and tried to go to Eisenhower uh, Tunnel with Salt the other day. Some had to get redirected, and some were sent back home as I-70 was closed. So, yeah, shout-out to those guys. I mean, we know it's a pain in the butt to come in and then not get out or – you know, get a ticket to go to one place and get redirected. Nobody loves those last-minute changes, but, you know, we we, we got to take care of the customer. And Eisenhower needed the salt. They couldn't get it that day. Right. But, you know, when they say, hey, we're we're down to uh, 100 tons of salt. Right. I mean, just think about it. If they don't get the salt they need, I mean, that's Eisenhower. That's Right. <laughs> it's know, a problem. It's a problem <laughs> for, for public safety. Right. I mean, they rely on us to get them that salt, so. And then uh, Oz wants to give a shout-out to Scooby for posting up at Fry that day, uh, helping drivers get chained up. We use the yep. Fry, Fry Tarpon area to chain trucks that day. Yeah, as, as his idea. I mean, it was a good idea. He's like, hey, what if I go up there and post up and bring some wood, help everybody chain up and, and go yep. over all that? It was, it was a good idea. Good job, Scooby. Very good. Yep. Robert Lincoln wants to give a shout-out to Eric in 0081 for stopping and helping him dig out at the port. When he got stuck, it was much appreciated. Ah, that's a bummer. Pulling into the port, probably get called inside. <laughs> Go back to your truck, and you ain't going nowhere. Right, yeah. right. So, so what? How did he get stuck? Did his uh, uh, tires just create ice, and then he just because the heat that'll happen. The hot tire, you'll park somewhere. Right. And it'll cool off, and you'll have just a sheet of ice underneath you. Right. I'm assuming, but as BD says, you know what happens when you assume. But, <laughs> right. You know, I mean, if you're just rolling across the scale, I'd imagine you just keep rolling. You, you would think it must have been coming down, too, because I thought we were chained. Right. So, I'm, yeah, guess we'll have to get more to the story, right? Yep. I had limited information. Yeah. Either way, Eric stopped and helped Robert out. Yeah. That's the cool part. Eric's that type of guy. Yep, he so. is. So is Bear. I see Bear doing that as well. Yeah. Uh, Potter, he wants to give a shout-out to the entire snow crew for another successful couple storms. We battled through some extremely cold temps and ended up victorious. None of this possible without all of you and your dedication to providing a great service to our customers. Want to give the night shovelers an extra shout-out. Nat and Gilly rocked it, working overnight, shoveling in negative temperatures, it's tough, and they did it without any complaints or hesitation. We thank you and appreciate you all. We are better together. 
Absolutely. I mean, shout out to Potter for putting all that together and scheduling. And, you know, he was there starting the yellow iron every morning and just getting everything going. That is that is not an easy job. Nope. All right. You guys got any other shout outs? You know, just kind of to everybody that's had to struggle through this cold snap. I mean, it it's unbearable, you know, getting through that just – just taking care of yourself is kind of the number one priority, which sounds kind of crappy, but you have to take care of yourself. What I mean is your clothing, your gloves, your hats, your, you know what I mean? You have to be prepared so you can go do these like extra things because everything in this weather is extra. Oh yeah. Every, I mean, to start your truck, it's extra. To clean out the trailer, it's extra. You know what I mean? Just driving down the road slower. It's extra. Everything about what we do, there's like that. It just it it just makes it more difficult and more difficult and tougher. It's just hard. So yeah, kudos kudos to everyone. You know, and and that's that's everyone because just to get to work was harder. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. every everything is more difficult in in mm-hmm. temperatures like that. Yep. And you almost have to after a couple of days, you know, Dave, I heard you make the analogy yesterday that each day I get a little better dealing with the cold, you <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? mean a, a few more layers or a, or a few more this or a few yeah. more that, you yeah, know. You make adjustments to how you're dressing, right? The type of socks you're wearing. Yeah, absolutely. I totally get it when they say, "Oh, you adapt." You know, like you say you live in Fairbanks, Alaska. Yeah. And it's literally below zero for two months. Yeah. You would get used to it and adapt to it for sure. Yeah. You know, we're lucky. We only need to do it for a couple of days and then it's warm again. Right. Right. But. Well, the stock show didn't disappoint. We got our stock show weather. Yeah, we did. (laughs) It was right on schedule this year, wasn't it? Yeah, right in the middle of it. Yeah. First item of the discussion, I put this job changes in the winter. It's just way different. Oh, right. Yeah. I actually, uh, it was so cold, I busted out my hunting mittens, which I don't, I don't like using those for things yeah. other than hunting, but I was like, sure. either take those to work or you're going to have cold hands. Your <laughs> right. choice. You know what I mean? Right. So. Yeah. I'd live, I'd like to give a shout out to all the guys that stayed home. It's mm. just as difficult to have to sit at home. True. Say, well, you know, there's no work today and there's no work again tomorrow or today and True. tomorrow or whatever, yeah. but um, it's tough. Everybody um, has to understand that it is slow across the board. It's oh, not gosh, just JFW. Yeah. It's every yeah every company, every everything that yeah. is out there. It's slow. You know, we were even in Walmart. We went to Walmart on Saturday morning. We were doing our running around on Saturday, which was the first day of the snow, and there was nobody in there because nobody wanted to go out. Right. So there was nobody shopping at Walmart. So yeah. even Walmart's slow, but um, it is just something we have to deal with. And this last cold snap was pretty good. It was pretty a good one, you know. Um, and that's going to put the brakes on on all of our work, and it never lasts long. Yeah. And, and new guys, especially that come on board, maybe they hired right before Christmas. Maybe they hired on in December. And then we had a, an extended Christmas break, and they didn't get the paid holiday because they just started. Right. And then we got, you know, below zero weather. Um, it's it's not going to last long, and it's we are over the hump is yeah. the best way to put it. It's it's going to get it sounds, smoother from here. Yeah, it sounds terrible, but I hope they enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, so. You know what I mean? And, because and, the grind will begin. Slowly, oh, buddy. Slowly but surely. And I was just thinking, it's like, you know, if I was still a driver, 
I would want to be set up where I'm saving enough money in the summer, right? Because let's say you made $100,000 and you made most of it between, you know, April and October. Yes. Sure. Right? So you still, you still made $100,000, right? Mm-hmm. So budget your money. You know, this is a time of the year where it's like, wow, you know, if I got three days off in a row and I was financially set, you know, I would, I would enjoy that. I'm yeah. telling you, wouldn't it be nice to lay on the couch, pull a blanket <laughs> over you when it's cold like that, and binge some Netflix for a yeah. day or two? I yeah. mean, that would just, that would not break my heart, man. Yeah, you know? exactly. So when I was, when I, the, the first time I had a job similar to this was driving for AI. I was driving a ready-mix truck, and they told me right away, and I started in August, they're like, look, you, you want to put a couple thousand dollars away for the winter right. working here. Right. I, I listened to that and I stacked some paper up and winter came and it's like, and guess what? If you don't have a bad winter, now you have all this extra money. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So good deal. All right. Well, we started talking about the tailgate latches being cammed over. What exactly does that mean for anybody that doesn't know? How do we tell if they're cammed over? Well, JR sent out a great video. He did. I mean, it was a great video that he did last year. He sent it out last year. So, you know, if there's anyone out there that doesn't know, and, and this isn't on the rock trailers. I mean, they came over as well, but they they don't pop open generally. I mean, it would be a bad day if one of those did because you'd have so much concrete against it. It would be scary. But anyway, on the aluminum trailers, you just have to watch that video. If you're not familiar with it, you know, ask your neighbor, ask your parking buddy, Ask the truck on the left, yeah. Ask the truck on the right. Ask someone, but educate yourself on what that means because that's what holds the gate closed when you run out of air, and that's just all there is to it. Yeah. You have to know that's those are cammed over. It's when the uh, folding part of the arm, the scissoring part of the arm, comes up and, it, and touches the bottom of the trailer. Yeah. But to see that, you generally need a flashlight, and you need to get down on your knee and you need to look up next to the tire right above the rear tire under the fender you can't see it from the outside you can't see it anywhere else i mean you kind of got to stick your head in there and take a look and and see what you're you have to understand what we're talking about thing about that is too if the tailgate latches will appear to be fully closed right and when you have a lot of weight against that tailgate even though you have 125 PSI in your system, that's not enough to hold that tailgate closed if you have a lot of weight against it. Right. And when when we keep referring to cammed over, that's actually a mechanical thing that is um, creating that force with physics that even the air isn't holding that closed anymore. Right. It's the physics of those two levers being pushed up against each other that no matter what, even if you had zero air in there, you could have 10 tons against that tailgate. It's not going to open up. Absolutely. This yeah. is, this would be like if, if you've ever shut a door, right, and the door is closed, but it's not all shut of the way where the, the locking mechanism oh, right. doesn't go inside the striker plate. So it looks closed. But you don't need to turn the knob to open the door. You <laughs> right. just can push on the door. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good description, Jim. <laughs> yeah, and the that that scissoring mechanism underneath 
it even has a tab on it that's flattened out mm. that goes up and touches the bottom of the body of the trailer. So, you know, yeah. once you see it, once you understand it, you know, when you look at that video, it's just, it's perfectly clear. But, yep. you know, the I bet everyone is kind of wondering, well, why does it change? Why would it, why would there be an issue with it? Weren't they like that? Is it broken? You know, what happens is, though, over time, we have a rubber seal in there. Sometimes that rubber seal gets replaced. Now the gate, like we've all said, appears closed. The latches are over it, but those the scissoring action below isn't cammed over. It's not up touching the bottom of the body because the gate sticks out further now. Another scenario of that is the reason we really get after it when it's cold or when we've hauled that Coors is it builds up with ice because water is draining out of there and grain and it's very difficult to clean out when it's five below or ten below or whatever you know out east you got to get out there and you got to run your hands in that seal and get the grain and get the ice out and all of that that's built up in there so not an easy job for sure yeah, and it's <clears throat> a little deceiving too you could be loading a cores and it might be 20 degrees right and you get out to fort morgan and it is five below right absolutely yeah yeah, and the, the minute that grain, the water starts running out, that's just where the ice builds, right? And that that ice is relentless. <laughs> you know, once it once it starts running out and it's hitting that temperature, on the inside of the trailer, you know, that grain comes out, I think, 120 or 140 degrees. Once that water starts running out and it's five below, it's just an icicle, and it builds up right in the edge of that gate. Mm -hmm. And it gets a little further inside the trailer and a little further inside the trailer and a little further inside that trailer uh -huh. because as that's running out, it gets colder inside as well. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, a little fun fact on that freezing water, too. And uh, maybe people already know this, but maybe not. Hot water will freeze faster than cold water. Absolutely. And it's because of the molecules in the hot water are all stirred up. They're hot. They're moving. You know, they're, moving, yeah. Yeah, they're moving. So when you throw that into below freezing temperatures, they can set up into their crystalline form quicker. Right. They can organize into the frozen crystals quicker because they're already moving at a higher rate of speed right and most people are like no way that's impossible <laughs> it's like yeah way it's a fact <laughs> have you ever taken a a pan of boiling water when it's five below or ten below out i've and never thrown done it, that. just thrown I, it up in the air yeah. and it just whoosh, it just vaporizes it's the craziest <laughs> unless thing. it's not quite cold enough and then you just take a shower <laughs> i didn't say throw it at someone i was just like throw it up in the air don't stand under it you know what they call that super dave latent heat of vaporization is that what it's called? Ooh, wow. I need to write that down. That way I can memorize it and sound really smart. Right? Yeah, I don't know how I remembered that. I learned that in the Coast Guard. Very cool. Say that again now. Latent heat of vaporization. Latent heat of vaporization. Huh. All right. And you're talking about how Dave says the water freezes, hot water freezes faster, or what mm -hmm. I was talking about? Okay. What, Dave's, what Dave's talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what you're talking about is just throwing hot water in there. <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> no cool term for that. Great. Don't I feel special? Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all, watch this. <laughs> I mean, of course, Sam was the one that showed me. Right. Like, Have you ever done this, Dad? No. Have Let's you? He's it. like, no. And he's like, Let's go try. <laughs> it's okay. got to be really cold to do that, though. Ah. You know, I mean, was, I don't think it would work. It was cold enough degrees. to work when, when we did it before. I couldn't yeah, tell you how cold so it was. But it was, was it a good zero. Zero, negative, somewhere yeah, in there. I'm, I'm, it had to be. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I've seen the little... 
TikToks or whatever that they do that. Yeah. I've just yeah. never done it. So. You know what kind of got me is, uh, you know, everybody was doing snow removal this weekend, not just us, but people around their houses. And, you know, the snow was light enough. Some places were able to dust it or sweep it or whatever, you know. I was amazed the people that are near their doors to their houses when they were shoveling or sweeping or doing anything, they would leave the door to the house open. And I just thought, it's below zero out. Why would you? And you're 10 feet away from it or five feet. Close the door. I just, I saw it several times. Really? Yeah, it seemed seemed so bizarre to me. Because they're just letting all that (laughs) very expensive hot air out the door. Absolutely. Yeah, we closed our doggy door all this whole stretch. Yeah. Yeah, we let the dogs out and said, "Okay, come on, go pee." Yep, because there was so much cold air coming through that oh, doggy I bet. door. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bella, we're eating dinner the other day, and Bella's like, "Can I open this window?" I'm like, "Absolutely not." <laughs> but I'm hot. Well, take your socks off. <laughs> Man, if you're hot in the house and it's ten below out, or five below, or zero, or whatever, yeah. that house is warm. Yeah, turn the heater down. But kids are kids are warm. It wasn't that. It, oh. I mean, our thermostat is set at 70 now. It was at 69, but my house is a little older, so just because the thermostat's reading 70, the whole house is not 70. Right. You know, so, you know, just even coming home, I come home and the dogs are trying to get me. I'm like, everybody back up so I can get this door shut. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I just see dollar signs floating out. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So I'll tell you one thing that people can do, and this is a little bit off the trucking subject, but we do it. So we keep a, uh, like an 800 milligram or whatever it is furnace filter because we have three dogs or two dogs now anyway. But so we have a lot of dander floating around the house. Well, when it gets super cold, take that furnace filter out and put a thinner one in because then your, your heater will blow a lot more air. Sure. Through the thinner filter. I mean, is it cleaning the air as well? No, it's not, but it'll definitely help your furnace keep (laughs) up. Yeah. Your furnace is working less right it's not as hard on right it. Yeah. right i can't i gotta buy the cheapest filters for my furnace anyway because it's too big for our duct system and it's already working harder than it's supposed to oh wow and if i put those good like oh it'll get rid of all these things right well, my furnace hits a high limit switch right and it just gets too hot and it shuts off so yeah, yeah it's funny you mentioned it i just ordered three on amazon right before the podcast yeah, oh, yeah we we pulled ours out right before that cold snap and put one of the thinner filters in it just it's amazing. It's like whether the house stays at 65 degrees or it actually gets up to 68. Wow. Right. Because the furnace just isn't pushing enough air through that thicker filter. Right. Sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, that just makes such perfect sense. I mean, I know we've been trying to save money just because it's it's freaking expensive to heat your house. The electric and the gas is just through the roof. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jared Polis, but that's another <clears throat> subject. But uh, we we dropped our house to 66 this year. Ooh-wee. And holy crap, it's cold. Yeah, I mean, that's to tell too you, cold for me. It's cold, yeah. yeah. If you're there all day on a Sunday and you're just, I don't mean any pun to it, but just chilling, you're chilling. <laughs> you are chilling. And I, I looked at Janet and I'm like, we got to turn it up. Yeah. We just got to turn it up. She's got one blanket on the couch, though. It's like, I swear to gosh, it's a fur rabbit. Huh. It is some type of fur. You get, you pull it on, and the minute you pull it on, you you can be freezing, and you feel where your hands are so cold, heat starts to build immediately. Wow. This blanket is amazing. Huh. 
Well, I've got that rabbit fur hat that, like, I was wearing the other day. Yeah. And rabbit fur is unbelievable. It's incredible, warm. isn't it? Yeah. So when you see that little bunny rabbit eating on your front lawn and it's zero outside, right? He is happy as yeah. You a should just eat in your lawn. Shoot him and make another hat. <laughs> yeah. We save fifty bucks by wearing our beanies and gloves in the house. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, we can't do, you know, we got the bird. The bird can't, 66 is too cold for the bird. Oh, gotcha. Oh, yeah. and then, I, I did turn it up to 68 because it was so cold out because I was just worried about the pipes. Yeah. Right? I mean, if it's that cold on the outside of the wall, it needs to be warmer on the inside of the wall to compensate right. for it, right? Yeah, no doubt. Absolutely. So the, the bird, you have to keep it warmer for the bird? It's supposed to be 70 for yeah. the bird. You put a space heater in the room? We got to put a space I heater bet. in there. And yeah, yeah. And the, the plants, some of the plants got to be, you know, warm. And sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think my electric bill last month was 280 That's exactly what ours was. Our our Excel bill was 280 right. That's doable. And I said, well, <laughs> that's about the same as our summer water bill. <laughs> Jackie right? said, no, it, it was less. <laughs> Gosh, we did we great. water way too much. Yeah, we did great on water this year. As yeah, my as, average as bill on water was. was like eighty five dollars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Cool. Uh, chain law. How many tires do we need to chain chain up to meet the chain law requirements? Eighteen. One, two, <laughs> three. Just the two steer tires. Four. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had this on the outline last week, but I didn't talk about it. And then Gilly. Like, right after the podcast, he's like, hey, you know, are we supposed to chain up four tires? I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, you might want to throw that on the podcast. And I'm like, scratching my head like, man, I, I thought I did. <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, I'll put it on there. And then I looked, and then I listened, and we just didn't talk about it. But, gotcha. We skipped ooh. over it with all the all the we had going on with Joe and. Yeah. The song, the singing. Yeah. Joe and Michael. Yep. Yeah. Joe and Mike. Yep. Huh. So. Yep. Yeah, <clears throat> so you need to have four drive tires. That can be one tire on every corner, so to speak, on, on both axles. Or it can be four tires on one axle. It doesn't matter. They just want to see four tires chained. Yep. Yeah, on our trucks, it would be four on every corner. I don't see. Scooby was chaining up an inside tire the other day. Was he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, just because of the fenders jam, the front uh. fenders. I mean, it is just easier to throw uh, four singles on the outside yeah well on on all four tires on the rear axle uh, because there's no fenders i mean gotcha. it's it's easy access gotcha. right so yeah okay although if you didn't have the front fenders on i mean i would just do the four outside ones and then you're good to go no matter right. what if anything spins you're you've got traction right wow I'm glad we talked about this i just learned something yeah yeah, yeah. It, it, any any four drive tires Sweet. You're, you're good to go. Well, speaking of chains, make sure you guys are inspecting your chains. If you're driving somebody else's truck, you may want to inspect their chains before you take off. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll want to inspect them when you get back after a storm. Make sure you didn't break any links or anything like that. We had uh, a veteran driver. He, uh, he His chains were hung up. Somebody else went to drive his truck. It was missing the actual hooks. Right. So you couldn't even hook them. Right. And it had broken legs. Which makes you wonder, how did it even stay on? How, so How did we even they, have those? Yeah, they, they, it should have come off. They right. were broken, and they probably just hung them on there for window dressing. But the kicker was, and I, Todd was talking to me, mm-hmm. he had to take somebody else's truck. 
Right. And I no, told it him. Wasn't. And it, so it, in Todd's respect here, it wasn't his truck. Right. Because he has his poop in a scoop there. Yeah. He, yeah. he, he doesn't. Poop in a scoop. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't he, uh, mess around. <laughs> but here's, here's the thing. How come that other driver didn't pull him off back in October and have a good look at him? Well, I guess you know they're broken when you hang them up. Right. That's my point. Absolutely. Right. Well, what you, if he you, got into that truck and it was like there oh, yeah, when he got into it, that truck? I, Either way, at the beginning of the season, take your chains off, lay them on the ground, right. inspect them. Thing so, is, it, it was a veteran driver, and literally either that morning or the day before, he was bragging to me about his chaining capabilities. Ah. Like, I chain a truck quicker than anybody, and I'll chain my truck, and then I'll chain your truck. <laughs> Great. <laughs> well, you're going to chain three on yours because one's broke. Right. And, and back to my point about the broken one. Mm-hmm. So it makes perfect sense that, you know, he got that truck, right? So he assumed the liability of it. Right, but right. My point to that is when you're driving one and that breaks, don't just hang it back up. Hang the others back up. Lay that one on your deck plate finish your trip or run or whatever then when you come in we have chains yeah right just get one yeah we'll give it to you for free yeah (laughs) the majority of the chains break also mainly due to speed and dry pavement dry pavement and being loose i mean that's if chains are tight even on dry pavement they last right Mm. i mean speed kills it's chains are like they'll flatten out i mean you will wear them down yeah Yeah. of course dave yeah um not it, it's it's not overnight. It's right. not one storm. It's, right, exactly. I got two whole seasons running fuel over Loveland Pass. Right. Chaining every time I went west. <laughs> right. And two whole years out of a set of chains. Sure. sure. So here's a kicker, too, on that same thought. I, I ran into an old fuel hauler when I was doing that years ago. He swore, and I'm throwing this out at both of you guys because you're experienced, and tell me what you think. He would swear you have better traction chaining the front axle your front drive axle and locking your diff than chaining the rear axle and so like all four tires on the front drive yeah his theory is that front drive axle is going to get better traction because it's virgin traction and you you will have all four tires on that front axle chained so it's like grabbing and it's digging and he says hands down you got better traction and that was some 30-year-old grizzly fuel hauler that's been doing it his whole life. I mean, I, I guess for me, like... What do you, you think? Have, if you have four chains on, you're going where you need to go. Right? Like, exactly, yeah. Jim. I mean, and if you're chain, not, you shouldn't be. Yeah, the, the chains work amazing. <laughs> I don't know how to measure the, the, you know, what's better just by going to the front or the rear. I think you're just going to get out of what you need to get out. I mean, my, my thought on that, Dave, is that makes... I understand what he's saying. If you're traveling in virgin snow, right. like if you're the one cutting the cutting the trail, right? Or if it's just downpouring where you're getting, mm-hmm. you know, three inches of snow an hour or an inch of snow an hour or whatever, mm-hmm. that makes sense. But I mean, you're almost always on a cut path. There's usually someone in front of you that's driven over it. So, mm-hmm. I, I, so he told me this at the bottom of Loveland Pass when we were chaining up in a yeah. heavy snowstorm. <laughs> and... I was chaining the back axle up, and he come over and said to me, he goes, you'd be better off chaining your front. <laughs> and I was like, well, why? <laughs> and uh, so that was what, and, and to me, that's the ultimate voice of experience. 
You know, that's not I mean, some textbook every day, yeah. telling you. Yeah. That's some dude that's been chaining over these mountains his whole career. I mean, clearly the one thing I can tell you, and, I, and Troy and I have talked about this, because he wants a three-railer. You know, he wants to throw mm-hmm. a set of chains over mm-hmm. the complete duels because he says they're more traction. They are, but only if you spin and dig a hole with the one tire with the like say you have a chain on the outside tire mm. it spins it digs a hole now it's sitting on the just tread of the inside tire therefore your chain is doing you no good if you had both of those duels spinning that chain is making contact on across both mm-hmm. of those mm-hmm. no matter what so yeah. i mean there's there's all these little scenarios yeah, right that you can throw sure. at it so i mean is a three-railer more traction than singles? Of course it is if you've spun. Right. You know, so if you're in one of those scenarios, because he said that he would throw three-railers on the trash trucks, and he said he'd go up the mountains in Boulder on the roads picking up trash, and he said, I would go places cars couldn't go. And I believe that. I mean, my God, you throw, you put four three-railers on, you're going places Sherman tanks can't go. Oh, yeah. They're badass. And a trash truck has all the weight on top yes. of those drives. Yeah. I mean, they're going, man. Oh, yeah. There is no holding back. You are digging in. I guess my 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 kind of thought on that is we don't need to go. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. I know we needed to deliver salt, but it was on, when I say pavement, we're on an interstate. We're not cutting trail on some city street. You know where there's eight inches of snow All and the trash. no yeah. one's been down it, right? I mean, if it's that bad that we can't get there with four singles, mm-hmm. we just shouldn't be going. Sure. We can we can wait. You know, in our case, except for when we were running loads out of Coors in that blizzard that day, <laughs> we need to get <laughs> right. we needed right. to get over there to get yeah. that can emptied that yeah. day. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was gosh, that was. That We've seen some <laughs> some storms, haven't we? Winter yep. just winter's hard. Yep. Winter is difficult. Yeah, especially trucking. Yeah. Trucking in the cold is it's not a it's not for the faint of heart, yeah. I guess. You yeah, know? you know, just something that of course it's always afterthought and I didn't even think about it, but you know, last week we were pretty slow towards the end of the week and everybody was like, Why is the concrete plant so slow? Why is the concrete plant so slow? And I'm just like, listen, it's just that time of year. I never I didn't equate it to anything. Well, if you pour concrete, is it good to let concrete cure when it's below zero out? Mm. Nope. Nope. No. Or right. if How long does it take for concrete to cure on average? What's the minimum they want concrete to cure for? Before you drive on it? I, I mean, generally, yeah. Seven days. Right. 48 right. hours or 24 hours you could walk on it seven days before you could Kind of rule of thumb, right? right. Jam seven days. Yep. Well, last Thursday and Friday, it's like... Gosh, it's dead. There's nothing going on. I tell you what, at the price of concrete, I wouldn't have poured anything either. Right, right. two hundred dollars a yard. Absolutely, and close I mean, to it. you're having to blanket everything yep. and cover it, and yep. you know, be sure it's insulated, mm-hmm. and just, I mean, yada yada yada. It just, mm-hmm. you know, so those are things. I didn't even think of that last week, yeah. you know, and then the cold snap hits, and I'm like, ah, of course, yeah. Right. Well, we had snow on Monday, wasn't it Monday? That yes. we had a little snow? Yeah. And then we had the cold snap roll in Friday afternoon. That's not seven days. <laughs> right, right. But I mean, last <laughs> like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, yeah. it was slow, Dave. Yeah, yeah oh, I know. Yeah. You're saying somebody was doing their job tracking the storm. Yeah, they Tracking knew. the weather like, hey. Yeah. They're like, I'm not going to place $10,000 worth of concrete and it's going to be zero out. I'm in, not going to do four it. four days. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. I just want to circle back to the chains real quick too. You really want to do a good job putting those on. Don't half-ass it. Make sure they're tight. I was driving up to Breckenridge the other day, and I went to pass a truck on his left, 
And man, that chain was just like almost like floating around the top. You know what I'm talking about? I do, like, totally. It just oh, like totally swells down it. and it's just like. And how fast was he going, Jim? I mean, those chains were going to break. And I was just like, I hope they don't break while I'm passing them. Right? And just, he had no bungees. No bungees, yep. you know. And honestly, Dave, I know you're a big fan of the bungees and you should have bungees. To me, if you make them tight, you don't really need the bungees. Right. But if you can't get them tight, you better have them bungeed. Right. You know, and that'll save you a lot of time. Yeah. It so. saves you time, Jim. Yeah. So if you got a chain up like in Bakersville chain up area, and then you're going to take them off when you get to Frisco, and then you're going to put them back on again at Copper Mountain, right? You just want to go. You, right. you don't want to sit there and go a mile and then stop and tighten them a notch. I mean, you just the bungees are man, they are it's a amazing. Time saver. I bet. When it warms up after Sunday, because I think we're supposed to be 50 degrees on Sunday. Mm. I bet on Monday morning, or even Sunday afternoon, you could probably make a trip up I-70. Oh, God, they'll be everywhere. <laughs> there will be chains everywhere. Yeah, I mean, so. we've had chains come in that are stuck in our tires, right? Yeah. right? That we've ruined a tire with. Yeah. So here's another thing, too. And, uh, and that's helping. all preventable. Every oh, bit yeah. of that is preventable. Yeah. I guess that's my point. Yeah, I was helping Todd get some bungees out of the parts room. Um, I don't know what day it was. And uh, we have really long ones. We have like 48 inches in there. And the shorter ones are better for chaining. Absolutely. They're, yeah. they're like the 24 inch, inches yeah. or whatever, 18 inches. Yeah. And so I don't know who ordered those, but we need to talk to the person ordering the chains. Sometimes it's just what's available to you. That's you true know. too, Dave, yeah. And you, we can still make them work. You just have to... Double them up. Or, yep, yeah, you loop them. Loop yep, them. you go through yeah. the center and then pull both. You know, sometimes yep. that... That way, sometimes one bungee will do one wheel. Huh. You know what I mean? Yeah, it makes sense. So. When is the best time to learn how to chain? Right now. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Learn how to chain. In the storm when before. you're stuck on the road on the side of the highway. Yeah. Learn Spun how to, out. Learn how to train on some dry pavement when it's not minus five degrees. Right. First time I ever chained was at the bottom of Loveland Pass with the three railers, Dave, because that was the only set of chains right. we ever had. Right. Under our full fenders oh, on right, 009 right. at 8.30 at night, and it was blizzarding. <laughs> <laughs> it was snowing so hard, and uh, yeah, I learned pretty quick. It I took me an what, hour to chain that night. You put those chains on, though, and you sure feel safe. Yeah. Sure do. You know what I mean? It just eliminates that kind of pucker. You can, Yeah, the, the white you can knuckles. Just, yeah, you can yep. kind of relax a little bit. You know, you've got some traction. You know you're, you're good to go, mm -hmm. you know. A lot of states... And you're uh, not afraid to stop. Right. You know you can stop yeah. and get going yeah. again. And you're not going to get a ticket for not having chains. <laughs> right. Good point. Good point. Yeah. A lot of states like in uh, Oregon and uh, Washington, I don't know if Idaho does it as well, but you have to have... They call it a drag chain. You mm -hmm. have to have at least one chain California on tire. Too. Oh, wow. So that way, in yeah. case you do stop, that'll... It tends to keep that trailer straight in line right, yep. right and give you a little bit of braking power i know you know going back in time we didn't do a drag chain but what we would do prior to the mandatory uh auto slack adjusters we would always take one slack adjuster on the rear axle and just completely back it off so you had no brake on that axle so the other three may be locked up but that one would stay rolling oh, wow. and, and what worked. that would do is allow the trailer those three would lock but stay straight behind you huh. it wouldn't slide out of control mm -hmm. it did work it was like a rudder oh absolutely yeah, yeah it was amazing how well mm -hmm. you just needed something back there making contact spinning huh. and it held the trailer right in place so but wild. the other three were locked up you know and you're like oh i hope i get this thing stopped oh, wow. <laughs> 
When I uh, first got my CDL, I drove for Stevens Transport, and uh, you weren't allowed to chain up. So really? If it was that bad, you didn't go or you, went you, around? You weren't allowed. Yeah, yeah. If there's a chain law, you ain't going, right? Yeah. And uh, you would, they, they had these chain banks, right, to meet the requirements. Like, if you were going through a state where you had to have the chains. Oh, wow. You'd stop at the chain bank, even though you're not allowed to use them, and then you'd have them on your truck. Sure, sure. Yeah. But the first wow. time I learned how to chain, I was uh, I was working for Cormark, and my my manager, the truck boss, is like, "Hey, you're gonna be the the ski run guy." You know what I mean? <laughs> ski run guy. Yeah, like I went to all the resorts from here to Telluride. You yeah, know what I mean, it was like, oof. Oh yeah, I'd sleep. That's in, rough. I'd sleep in Ridgeway. It was actually really cool. I was young and you know full of piss and vinegar, adventurous, right? adventurous. <laughs> right? Like I thought, I, I chained up ten times in a day. I was like, you know, to me that was a badge yeah. of honor. You know, yeah. I'd have to chain up to go get into a place to deliver because right. it was on a on a hill or something. But anyway, he's like, you know how to chain up? I'm like, nope. He showed me, and then off I went. Wow. <laughs> it was wow. that quick, yeah. Yeah. And you know, by the end of that trip, I knew how to chain pretty good. Right, right, yeah. Kudos to JR and Kendrick and Casey and Scooby. I mean, they've done chain classes for years now. Right. You know, we talk about it every fall. They start usually September and start doing chain classes. So, yep. you know, and I bet anytime you want a chain class, ask one of those guys. They'd be more than happy to help. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'll tell you, chaining isn't as hard as everybody makes it seem. No. You know, um, you you make sure you lay them out. You make sure you got them put on correctly with the right side facing out and your hooks in, in the place where you want them. And yep. honestly, yep. it's not that hard. Right. That, the, the most important thing is have good warm clothes when you're out there because uh, you're going to be laying down in the snow right. to get that inside hook hooked. Absolutely. I was about to say the same thing, Super Dave. The most important part of chaining is being prepared. That's right. Because if you're cold, it's going to suck. You're going to yep. be in a rush. When you're in a rush, things don't go well. Yep. If you're warm and you're prepared and you can take your time, you'll end up saving time in the long run just doing it right the first time. Yep. So, yep. you know, I've you're gonna tried. Get, you're going to get wet. Yes. You're going to hit your head. Yep. I mean, having, <laughs> I mean, you just are. I mean, I would suggest having a pair of bibs in your truck and then uh, having a good pair of weatherproof, yep. waterproof, warm gloves yep. is the key to success to chaining. Yep. So. yep. All right. Speaking of snow and cold, uh, if you're on a snow crew, just a couple things to, to point out. Please don't drive over the windrows. We don't like to do that because once you drive on them, they get packed down. They get frozen to the ground. They're harder to plow, uh, and they just leave that that film of ice. Uh, don't spin your tires and uh, five mile per hour in the. What were you gonna say, Dave? In the yards. Yeah. No, I saw that, and I. You know, you can take that. Don't drive over the windrow. Is that in our trucks? Is that in the snow plows? Is that in the yellow iron? Is that Probably anything. Right? I yeah. mean, you shouldn't be going over it in anything. Right. And I guess I, you know, just to see that on there, I was kind of like, uh, who's driving over the windrows? You know, and then I get worried. Like, did we drive over them in a big truck? Because <laughs> right. the bumper had to hit. You know what I mean? The fuel tanks had to drag through it. I guess it depends how big the windrow was. Yeah, I was picturing I just, a swallow and I see it. You're, you're, yeah, you're. I just see those and I'm like, gosh, what windrows are we driving through, right? Even if you're in a snowplow these plows aren't monster trucks. They're just, you know, Ford and Chevy and Dodge pickups. They're yeah, just, just four-wheel pickup drive pickups trucks. with a plow that has the front end weighted down. 
Right. Right? There's not eight inches of clearance probably on those things. Right. So, yeah, it's just not good on it. You know, yeah. and again, you get to talking about the weather and the temperatures and nothing is good in this weather. Right. It's not good. Don't don't overuse that vehicle in these scenarios. Yep. Yep. Definitely want to keep your head on a swivel and communicate as well. You talking about the big giant windrows just gives me a picture of uh, these plow companies coming through and blocking people in their driveways. Yes. You know what I mean? Where it's like a three-foot windrow. And like, <laughs> right. Now you got to wait for the excavators to come right. or the, the front-end loaders to get you out of there, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, kind of funny. So I got Dennis Fiscara sending me some dad jokes this morning. Oh, nice. <laughs> he knows it's podcast day. I love it. I love it. Hi, Dennis. Yeah. Um, how do you say J.B. Hunt in German? <laughs> J.B. Hunt <What>? in German. <laughs> how? Schneider. <laughs> wow. Way to go, Dennis. That's great. Oh, that is funny. That's awesome. You got any more? <laughs> no. That it? Oh, that's a good one. I like that. That is a good one. Uh, let's talk about the glam hands for the blue service lines. They're coming undone. Brother Dave, you pointed this out yesterday. Uh, we believe the hydraulic lines are popping those off or starting to make them come undone when we're making tight turns. I'm just putting two and two together. I mean, we found three of them in the yard, and then uh, the shop actually had a driver call that I believe was coming down from Fair Play, and the guy was kind of freaked out. Like, hey, I'd, I'm losing massive amounts of air when I step on my brakes. <laughs> and Mike's like, where's the brake leak? Where, you know, where's the air leak? And then the driver was like, I, I can't find it. And I don't know all the circumstances there, but I just, you know, was walking through the office and I heard Mike go, well, is your glad hand on? And you could tell the guy turned around and looked out the window and he was like, nope, sure not. And Mike goes, poof, there you go. You know what I mean? It's fixed. Wow. So I, I guess I'm... I'm a little scared. Like we need to figure out what's causing it. Are we are we going to one location where we're turning sharp and maybe even having to jackknife a little bit? And then can, I don't know. We we need to see what's going on and what's causing that because that's we can't have that happen. Was that three different trucks you saw? Oh, for sure. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, Scooby and I just saw one. Scoob just walked over and smacked it down yesterday morning at the fuel island. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it was literally up. I'm not talking bumped up. Like I'm talking ready to fall ready, off. Yeah. yeah, like you could touch it with your, your index finger and push it off. It would oh. just fall off, right? So, yeah, I, I don't understand what's going on there. Sounds like they're a little loose. They might need to just tap that collar in a little bit so it's tighter. Possibly, Dave. You know? Possibly. Something's raising them up, though. You know they what I mean? Turning too they, tight will do that. Yeah, they don't raise on their own. Mm. So, yeah, we definitely need to take a look at that. You know, yeah. if that's happening to you in your truck... Get with the shop or or you observe it. You know, put two and two together where you're like, geez, I've ran this run and I haven't had any problems, but when I go to I'm making it up plant eleven and I have to turn real sharp to back up the ramp, I see it come undone every time, right? Or whatever. You yeah. Know? Also important to keep inspecting that. You know, when yeah. you're done dumping, you sweep your tailgate off and you're walking back up to the truck. That's something you should be paying attention to. Right. It's, you, know? It's, you know, you the, want to look at those. Yeah. The driver not be able to find an air leak, I mean, that makes perfect sense. If you're not stepping on the brake, that blue service line is not leaking air. Right. Absolutely. So you get out of the truck, there's no leak. You get back in the truck, you step on the brake, yeah. you got a leak. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, super easy when you're doing your walk around, too. You know, build your air up like we talk about all the time. Release your trailer brakes. Be sure the trailer's charged. Leave your tractor brakes set and pull that pinch valve. Get out and walk around. Listen for a leak. Check things out. You know, I mean, you should never really be at the fuel island 
and have a glad hand that's about ready to fall off, that means you didn't do a very good pre-trip. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I mean, you're looking right at it to make sure your hoses aren't dragging yeah. on the deck plate. Yeah, and who knows? This could be happening when the wash bay is parking the truck, right? And when you parked it, it was fine, and you just got in it, and, you know, again, we, we just have to figure it out. Sure. Uh, I'm going to skip this next one and come back to it, BD. Uh, but Casey did report when he was loading salt, I think it was yesterday, it seemed about 80% of the drivers had their gauges calibrated and knew how to use them. Isn't that so awesome? We are making progress. Right? Right? That's, I mean, I've, I've harped on that and harped on that and harped on that. Yep. Jim and I spend a lot of money to give people tools to use in those trucks. Yep. And those gauges are just the easiest thing in the world. You know, and we always talk about them being calibrated. That Once those are calibrated, I mean, they generally stay so close. Mm-hmm. You know, you just need to check right quick. Verify. Yeah, and you can do that mm-hmm. at almost all the pits now. Yep. Almost every single pit that we go to has a readout or a display. You know, 100% easy over at yard 23. <laughs> so, right. you know, and I just called out of the blue. I called Casey and I was like, Hey, how many guys do you think are using their gauges or are you, you know, this is our perfect time to teach, right? We're not so busy that we don't have time for that. You know, and I guess one of the biggest things, here's the deal. We're running our loader, our people are, and we don't do this on a daily basis. So when we're out back at yard 23 loading you with salt, what's faster, us guessing or you knowing how your gauges work and us being able to load you right to your, your limits, on your gauges so you can go to Eisenhower and not be overweight. Benefits everybody. Yeah. And, you know, everybody has to know that you can't be at 36 and 36 because then when you add in that steer axle, what are you at? Well, you're well over 80. Got 82 something. Right? Exactly, Dave. So that's where, you know, we talk about people being good and having skills at their job. And I don't care what job it is, but when I watch someone doing something and for some reason, they look different than the person next to him doing it. Mm. I get intrigued by it. Mm. Like, I, I think, you know, how come I'm making it up? How come this guy can drive 25 posts in the ground all day long and the guy next to him drove 40? Mm. What is he doing different than the guy that can only drive 25 posts in the ground? You know, there's a technique or a, a swing with a hammer or, you know, what, what makes him better than that? You know, and that everything about that we talk about is it costs money. Those things are production-based. You know, we talk about not going over 20 or 25 miles an hour with the chains on. Well, why is that? Because if we break the chains, we have to buy more. The more money we spend, the less money we can pass on to the employees. Our whole goal is to have employees that make a ton of money. Our whole goal here is that. Right. Right? You know what I mean? And in order to do that, we have to understand our craft. We have to be good at it. We can't contaminate loads. We can't buy loads. We, you know, we have to be sure the chains are tight when we put them on. Every step of what we do, there's consequences to, right? For every action, there's a reaction. Sure. You know, we talk about uh, doing the snow removal right now, right? How fast are we wearing through cutting edges? right like the blade or the loader are they over there just driving those components in the ground scraping bare pavement or do they bump the ground and pull it up they just just lift it a touch because we should be able to go a season on cutting edges on those and there's sometimes i've showed up and there's an inch and a half of cutting edge gone and it's like whoa what happened you know we should easily get a season out of those cutting edges and that's the difference between leaving them on the ground on dry pavement 
or picking them up just a touch. Drop it to the ground and then give it a bump up. Just pick it up so not all that weight's on the ground. Mm. I know we need to clean the surface, but we'll get it clean. It'll clean just as well and not wear out those edges. So, you know, you learn those little details, especially when you have to pay for it and you have to put it on and it comes out of your pocket. But I guess I hope we've proven over time that we're after helping you benefit, but we're also going to educate you in the process. So... Got it. Yep. I don't know how we got there from gauges, but we sure got there. We sure did. Right? <laughs> what about, um, we have a note here to listen, listening <laughs> to what you're told. What does that mean, BD? Well, kind of what I just talked about. Right. Right? There's, there's tips and tricks and information that we give people all day long. You know, and it's, it's so frustrating. I'll use the, the gauges, for example. I mean, I've harped on this so long. JR goes over it in orientation. I believe Kendrick is teaching it now mm-hmm. as well, how to use the gauges when you're day two and day three with Kendrick training over at yard 23. We have the scale over there. You sign off on it. It's a sign-off page. You train on it with your trainer. You've spoke about it. And then you talk to somebody that's been here 90 days. It's like, what about this on your gauge? Ask, and they're like, oh, I don't know how to use that. What? What? How is that possible? So I guess listen to what you're being told. Understand it. If you don't understand it, ask questions. Everything we do here is, I'm not going to say simple, but it's relatively easy as long as you're willing to educate yourself and invest some time in honing your craft. Be good at what you do. You know, If you can't back up, practice backing up. If you don't know how to bump your tires, get someone. If you don't know how to chain, ask someone to show you. You have to be invested and invest in your future to be good at whatever you want to do. So that's, I guess, listen to what you're told. Take advantage of those things you're given and listen to what people explain to you. Sure. I that's, like it. That's my story. And what's going on with the super dumps? Any updates on those? Super dumps. We got three guys flying out of town tomorrow. Going to go get some, <clears throat> some cabs and chassis. Nice. They're going to drive them here, and the shop's got to move. We got to shorten the, the drivetrains. We got to shorten the wheelbases on them, about 24 inches. And uh, then we have axles coming for them. We'll throw three axles under each of them. And then they're going to make their way down to Tempe, Arizona, hopefully in, I'll say, a matter of weeks. I would guess two to three weeks. We should be able to get the first one down there. I mean, I actually hope sooner than that, but. The sooner we get them down there, the sooner they'll put the, the bed on them. And uh, there's a lot of names for that rear axle that folds down. I've heard a flying bridge. I've heard a booster. I've heard tag. Tag. Yeah, right? We used to call I them mean, boosters for the mixers. Right, right? Dave? Yeah, they were booster Yeah, axles. I mean, I have heard in talking mm-hmm. to these companies that we've decided to go with and stuff, man, I've heard like a thousand different versions of what that thing is called. And I don't know. I'm just super stoked about them. It's been a long process putting them together, but when they're all said and done they're going to be badass you know what i mean they're just really going to be some cool trucks i'm i'm super stoked about mm-hmm. it you know and we have a lot of work to do to them don't get me wrong you know i told the guys that are flying up there to get them you're not picking up the typical jfw truck up there you know you're picking up a used truck it's white it's not going to ride nice on the way down without the body on it you know what i mean and all the rest of the stuff and it's going to be an adventure for them you know but um, I got a lot of faith in those three mm-hmm. guys that are going. I'm not worried about that. Yeah, but yeah. Shorten a wheelbase. That sounds like a pretty simple thing. 
No big deal. <laughs> it's a lot of work. No big deal, right? Yeah. Are you being sarcastic? <laughs> He's baiting right? you for sure. He, he is, yeah. yeah. No, I, I mean, just... Mike's listening, Mikey's listening to this going, are you effing oh, kidding yeah. me? Do you know what it takes to yeah. do that? Yeah. Well, that's yeah. why I bring it up. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, kudos to Mikey. He, he is so... He is such a thinker. Right. You know, and he, he came in the other morning. He said, you know, I, I was just Googling around and found this new fangled drill. Right. To drill the frames because we're going to have to move those mounts up yeah. and all of that. And I was amazed because everybody thinks of a drill as just a standard uh, corkscrew kind of drill that pokes a hole right through whatever right. you're drilling, right? Yeah, a drill this, bit, right? Yeah, right, a drill yeah. bit. And and this is a, like a hole saw. Totally a hole that's saw. That's going to used on this big magnetic, um, the magnets will hold it to the frame and it's going to just... Oh, wow. You literally yeah, counter, I mean, I th- countersink these holes right I through. think the drill is like 1600 bucks. David. Yeah. I don't know if he's ordered it or not yet. He was looking between was the magnet drill and there's a chain type too that you can hook with chains. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I don't know whether everybody knows this, but those the frame rails on these trucks, there's not just two. There's four frame rails. There's two on each side. They're double frames mm-hmm. to support all that weight. So they're, you're not drilling one hole through a 3 8 frame. You're drilling two holes to put one bolt through. Right. I mean, if you really think about it. And what's really cool is, I mean, I've used hole saws for, you know, as long as I've ever sure. drilled something, right? When you're doing something on the house and you need a three-inch hole, you use a hole saw. They don't make a three-inch drill bit. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of an aha moment for me, you know, when Mike came in and showed me that and showed me this drill bit. Because why would you drill and have to bore out five-eighths of an inch of metal through two three-eighths thick pieces of metal when you could just drill an eighth-inch ring through that hole, right? I mean, it was like... Absolutely. Oh, you're, you're, utilize, you're, you're wasting an eighth of an inch ring of metal and drilling through it versus five-eighths of an inch. It's, mm-hmm. it, it was... I had just never thought about it that mm, way. It no. just makes such sense. And you know, somebody that builds trucks all day long oh, thought yeah. about that, oh, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, and absolutely, said, hey, you know, Dave. Let's yeah. try this. Yeah. Yeah, and so the, the shop has has some work cut out for them. Yeah, there is do. no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, and then we need to JFWIs the trucks, you know, because mm-hmm. they're not... When they, when they leave and hit the road, they're not going to look like what they show up as. No, you definitely know? not. We, we've got some work to do to them. They'll be pretty And then bad. we'll have to paint... I mean, they're not red, right? They're white, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, the cabs are white, yeah. which we'll probably leave white is my guess. I don't think it makes sense to paint the trucks because I think they've got pretty darn good paint on them right now. But the beds will be red and everything else on it will be red. And uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll come up. I got some ideas going. <laughs> we'll splash some red on the tractor yeah. there somewhere. It'll probably be, a little bit of chrome too, right, right Dave? <laughs> right. It'll be cool. Yeah, they'll be very cool trucks. Uh. Uh, no questions from the audience. What? We do have the safety Where's topic of the week. participation, Jam? Yeah, I guess they just haven't been around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, safety topic of the week, just be careful in your trailers. You know, when we get snow and ice and freezing temps, it's just really, really slick in the trailers. I know we sp- spoke about this before, but you don't want to take a spill in there. It, it does hurt. So oh, okay. hold on to the side of the trailer while you're shoveling or sweeping. But definitely try to maintain three points of contact. Those liners are slicker than anything you've ever stood on when they're mm-hmm. icy and snowy. 
terrible, right? Yep. Yep. Even when you know you're going to slip on it, you still slip and fall. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much, you know, you're going to fall. Yeah, yeah. So. It that's kind of one of the things, though, that we've you know we touched on earlier. Everything's just slower when it's cold. Yep. You know what I mean? Walk slower, drive slower. Yeah. It takes longer to do everything. You know, all I can say is, thank Be goodness you don't careful. have to go to the bathroom outside. Right. <laughs> yeah. Even even uh, what was it? Was Tuesday morning a really cold morning? No, no, no. Monday yeah, yes, morning. Yesterday morning was the coldest. Yeah, Monday morning. I think Monday morning because my truck sat most of Sunday. I, you know, I go into uh, my office and I could see the pickup truck and uh-huh. the remote started from there. And man, it was just like it didn't start as easy as usual. <laughs> I'm like, I'm glad it fired off, but it was right. definitely like right. an extra crank in there. You know? Yeah. So, uh, Ray Davis did send us some tips and tricks. He says tips and tricks from the mechanics. When you have a problem with your truck, you need to always stop and check it out before you call the shop. If you don't know what the part is or you can't describe it, take a, take a picture of it and send it to shop at jfwtrucking.com. A picture can tell many words. When the mechanic asks you a question, just answer the question they asked. They're going to go through a checklist in their head, so please just answer the question that they asked. If you have to bring it into the shop when you get to the yard, you need a park and go into the shop to see what bay they want it, want it in. Together we can face and overcome all that stands before us. Then he has some trainer tips here. It's helpful on these days that we have different start times that you text your trainee the start time the night before to help them out and they can be on time. Also, let them know if there is no email for a start time. Start times are always 5 a.m. the day it warms up, and we don't get that start time. There is always a few that didn't know this. Hope all is well with the JFW family, friends, and listeners. Remember, safety has no blind spots. Look and lean. Sit up on your stool. Don't be a fool. Much love and respect always. Ray Ray 0013. That's good stuff, Ray Ray. It's probably the wrong time of year to talk about it, but I'll add to that because he's talking about start times. Mm-hmm. Remember Saturdays once we get rocking and rolling? Huge portion of those Saturdays is a different start time than Monday through Friday, depending on where you start out of. Right. So the Saturday hours are always different than Monday through Friday. Yep. That's usually based on permit issues. So mm-hmm. keep that in mind. Always ask. Soup, want to hit us with that high road hauling? No. I actually came across a good one um, and this really is something everybody deals with from time to time and obviously um, you know it's part of human nature but some people are struggle more with this thought process than others but what can you do when you want to give up Like a lot of people, I felt the urge to give up on something. It's easy to get to a point where it seems as though the time you've invested in a dream or goal and the time of fruition can be very daunting. There are cycles of excitement, enthusiasm, creativity, and they are followed by despair, discouragement, and the desire to quit. Why do we give up easily? What are the consequences of giving up too soon? How can we not give up and stay motivated? Our brains are wired to giving up easily. It's normal. Human beings are believed to act upon the pleasure principle, the instant gratification. Instant gratification is the desire to experience pleasure or fulfillment 
without delay or deferment. Basically, it's when you want it, you want it now. So once in a while, wanting to give up is normal, but giving up is not okay. Identifying the reasons why giving up seems like the best option is very important. There are many reasons why people want to give up and each is driven by different motivations. However, there are a few human instincts that come into play here. Number one, making, mistaking lessons for failure. So realize that you're not failing, you're learning a lesson to help propel you forward. The next, the outcome is more important than the journey. Putting more emphasis on the end result and dismissing the importance of how you're getting there um, to the end goal and growing along the way. Next, seeing the failure before it's even happened. This is self-sabotaging. By creating the thought that it is that it just won't happen, it usually is because of limiting beliefs and lack of self-belief. Next, lack of discipline. You must realize your success just won't fall into your lap. It will take hard work and determination. And last, not adjusting to changes. Realizing the need to tweak ideas or finding things evolve differently to how you originally imagined. So what are the consequences of giving up too early? Instant success is a myth, always. Many successful people failed hundreds of times. If they choose to give up instead of working harder to reach their goals, they would never succeed. For example, Walt Disney had been fired by a newspaper editor because he lacked imagination. This is what the editor said. He lacked imagination and had no good ideas. I bet you that editor didn't last very long. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> but anyway, if Walt Disney gave up imagining and dreaming big ideas, he would not have founded Disney. And we all know what uh, Disney is, right? So if you give up now, you're giving up the very bright future and great results that you will get. The power lies in your mindset. And shifting this is key to keeping up the motivation you need when the going gets tough. This is why it's important to realize why you shouldn't give up and give in. Instant success is a myth. Understand this is a myth. Don't be deterred because actually the journey is where the magic happens and makes your end goal even sweeter. Uh, a different approach may be needed. Always remember that, right? People judge themselves so harshly and assume that they are just not capable and if they seem to be failing at something they want, it could simply be resolved by trying a different approach. People are often also so focused on the end goal and believe there's just one or two ways to get there. There is in fact many hundred more avenues that their mind isn't opening up to. You'll always wonder what if, and that's if you quit, right? The feeling of regret can hit you hard. What if I'd stuck with it and I could have achieved it by now. What if I hadn't given up and how different my life would be? You could be quitting right before you see your success. Many times when people give up, they're actually just a step away from success. And if you do, remember it'll happen again and again by default. Your habitual mindsets and thought patterns play out over and over again throughout your life if you don't identify and change them. So that goes both ways. If you're a quitter 
or if you're a success, right? No matter what challenge you're facing, be it work or play, you will struggle with maintaining your optimism, dedication, and, and willpower because you haven't addressed the real issue, and that is yourself. So here's 12 things that you can do to keep in the game and not quit. Figure out what you lack. The feelings of wanting to quit can be overwhelming. Look at the reasons why. Are you physically tired? Do you feel little support? Are you lacking ability? Um, next, be patient with yourself. No team wins the Super Bowl overnight. And be proud of yourself for every small win. You have, have you ever noticed how a small mistake can weigh on your whole day? But when we make a small stride in achieving our goal, we never seem to give ourselves enough respect. And remember that you aren't the first to feel this way. Everyone faces hard decisions and be confident and move forward. And remember why you've started and how much you really wanted it in the first place. Think back to the beginning of the project or goal and refocus this enthusiasm on the journey. Know that you will grow as a person just from growing through it. Um, we build character through those hard times. The old cliche, what doesn't make me stronger, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, what? what doesn't kill me makes me stronger is true, right? And also be grateful for the good things while struggling. Yes, you may feel like giving up. Yes, you are struggling. Yes, you are overwhelmed at the moment. And I know this may seem like a strange thing to say, but remember, remember to be grateful. This is the essential in a resilient mindset. Um, so even though you're struggling and you're miserable, be grateful for anything that you possibly can be, right? Yeah. Remember you have choices. You only, have, you only can decide how to take the next step. You have the power to stand in your own way and you can get out of it as well. Picture in your mind the ultimate result. Whenever you want to quit, ask yourself, do you want the thrill of victory or the agony of defeat? Make a plan and have a backup. Before you undertake anything, always have an outlined plan of action and also have a backup plan. This way, when you are frustrated and want to give up, you will have an alternative plan to put into action. And find support from others. Don't isolate yourself or hide your feelings from others. Reach out to family, friends, and coworkers. Uh, there are so many people out there struggling with feelings of doubt, fear, and frustration just like you are. Their input can put you back on track. And have motivational reminders everywhere. Put the sticky notes up um, and always try to re-motivate yourself when you feel like giving up. And the quote this week uh, it rings so very true. Uh, it was spoken anonymously. I looked and looked, could not find an author for this quote, but the quote is, never give up on something you really want it's difficult to wait, but more difficult to regret. So, gosh, you covered so many things in yeah. that, Dave. I mean, that wasn't a one <laughs> one item high road hauling, I mean, right, Jam? I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't stick around for them. I'm glad I was here for that one. <laughs> I don't that stick was, for them. <laughs> that was awesome. It, it brought up a lot of things because I, I hate giving up. Like to me, I rather die than give up on something. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and but but you have to you have to be okay with the term failing like it's not that bad i mean just bringing it to jfw like let's say i brought jim and dave 20 ideas 
And for 19 of them, they're like, we don't like that. <laughs> you know, we don't like, no, nah, that's not that good. No, nah, that, that's, not, that's not good for everybody. And then all of a sudden, oh, that's a good idea. Let's do it, you know. Or you start a new business. You know what I mean? Like, you, you may have some bumps in the road. Like, anything, you know, worth having, there's going to be growing pains. Oh. I mean, it just, there's going to be failure. There may be some tears. You may bleed, you know. So I really, I really love that. I you wanna, will bleed, right? Yeah, I, you, I, I, I want a yeah. copy of that one. It for is sure. a great one. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it copies just, for anybody that wants. I was just always. dumbfounded how many points you covered, right? But you know what? All those are connected by every single thing you talked about in there. It's still up to you. Yeah. Oh yeah. It is yeah. still up Absolutely. to you. Yeah. I I used a couple of different articles to put all these together, and I thought, man, this whole thing is just rambling. And then I thought, well, you know, they're all important points. And they if are. somebody's not listening to the right. first one, maybe they'll listen right. to another yeah. one. And either way, it's motivational. You need that motivation to help you continue. Right. And, you know, it's always the easy way. Don't, the, the quitting is the easy way. You yeah. know, how many people quit marriages? How many yeah. people quit jobs? How many Nothing people worth quit doing that is easy. dream that they had a month or a year ago? Yeah. Don't quit. Right. Yep. It's not easy, but you got to continue. Yeah. Right. And do it, you know, if it wasn't hard, if it was easy, everybody would do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, Don't so be scared to, to do hard things and get out of your comfort zone and fail, but learn from that failure. Right. And figure out another way. I it's mean, just like you're, it's just like, hey, I want to go to, you know, Vail. Okay. Well, I 70s closed at Eisenhower. Well, I really want to go to Vail. I got to figure out another way to get <laughs> right? there. And you drive right. around and it's yeah. for it's, Down it's, the shoulder. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, you know, you, you, you come up with a plan, but your path is never straight. Right. I shouldn't say never, but it's usually not a straight path to victory. You got to, you got to make some detours. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's life. Yeah. You have to bob and weave and, you know, you're going to get knocked down and you got to get back up and. But it's still, I mean, I just, we talk all the time about how those are tied to our podcast or what we talk about during the podcast. And look, I was talking about being engaged and it's still up to you to do it. You know, when I was talking about using the gauges, we're giving you all of these tools, but it's still up to you to use them. You know, every, every bit about what we do, it's who you want to be. It's who you want to portray. Do you want to continue to go on and be the best you? Or is just mediocre okay? Mm-hmm. You know? So yep. that's that's kind of my closing thoughts, Jim, as as far as closing thoughts go. That was that was just a great high road Holland, Dave. It was that one was awesome. Yeah, I'm actually looking for uh, a Bible verse. I may have actually said it on this podcast before, but I don't have the actual verse, but basically it says a man plans his ways, but God redirects his steps. You know, you could you could plan your way, but if God has a different path for you, right, it's not going to be straight. So, sure. Yep. Yeah, that's the bumps in the road, right? Absolutely. You know, and there's always ebbs and flows, right? There's good times, there's bad times, and you still have to get through it. But the key word there is you. <laughs> yeah. No matter what. Absolutely. Right? There is nothing handed to you. You have to be an advocate for yourself. You have to be engaged. You have to participate. It's up to you. That's that's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. You know, it starts with you and it ends with you. Yep. Right? What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah. yeah. You know, your mama you took care of you. To experience. 
your mama took care of you when you couldn't take care of yourself until you were old enough to take care of yourself. You know, then it's up to you. Yep. Right? Those people aren't very successful that have someone taking care of them. Yeah, I was just talking to my buddy in Texas. I grew up with him in Queens, and his daughter's having a little bit of a rough time right now. She wanted to be a criminologist, and, uh, you know, the, the college scene got to her for her second semester. First semester, first year was like 13th grade, he said. And then this year was 13th like, grade. Yeah, it was like this year was like, oh, you're in college. But she kind of adopted the social part of college. Oh, gotcha. And uh, she didn't do so good. And then invite her back. Ah, so that's rough. You know, it's like, you know, he's like, you know, I'm not mad at her, but I've had these discussions with her. Like, you know, the decisions that you make don't affect me anymore. They affect right. you. You're a grown woman. Right. You make your own decisions. Yep. And, you know, I tried to guide you and tell you, hey, maybe calm down a little bit, you know, but you made your decisions. They affect you now, you know, and that's important to remember, you know, your good or bad decisions are going to have an outcome on your well, life. Well put, Jim. Absolutely. So, all right. Let's, uh, well, don't forget to like and subscribe to the Channel 23 podcast. Hit that follow button. Also, don't forget to go back and listen to episode 72 and help find Amber's mom. Links to her story will be in today's podcast notes. Let's say the creed and get on out. Cool. Together we face and overcome all that stands before us. Together we are accident-free. Together we joyfully create honest value for those we serve. Together we celebrate our differences and respect those with whom we work. Together we are accountable for our words and our actions. And together we are the JFW family. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Catch you next week. Thanks, everybody. See you next week. I see those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a-truckin' down the road. Those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a-lookin' for another load. Well, it's a family tradition, any rocky mountain day. Our fathers before us showed us the way. We work for asphalt cowboys and concrete kings, but that's never been a problem, because we got diesel in our veins. We've got diesel in our veins. See those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a trucking down the road. Those big, bright, shiny red trucks just looking for another load. I hear there's a couple million tons to move. I see them everywhere. So you best get out their way and watch that sand and gravel disappear. There's another run to make. We gotta get it there on time. We got what it takes to lay it all out on the line. Big bright shiny red trucks just a trucking down the road. Those big bright shiny red trucks just looking for another load.
those big bright shiny red trucks got the best drivers in town they got all the tools they need to keep that hammer down when they hit them scales they won't need to dodge them won't need to duck them they just keep that hammer down and they keep that diesel truck in keep that hammer down and keep that diesel truck in See those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a trucking down the road. Those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a looking for another load. They just keep them doors closed, keep them butts in their seats. Cause those customers are calling, and those red trucks can't be beat. They've gotta put the hammer down and pick up another load. Get it off the ground, keep them eyes open and on the road. Keep them eyes open on the road. I see those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a trucking down the road. Those big, bright, shiny red trucks just looking for another load. Breaker, Breaker 23, anybody got a copy on that Channel 23 podcast? Welcome, and thanks for listening.